0: Yes, I I have certain players, professionals, elite amateurs coming to me, but I have no aspirations to stand on the range at Augusta with one or two players, none whatsoever. We have people coming in there who have never touched a weight or have never got their heart rate up. And we have people in there who have done Ironmans and, and they're literally in the same class.
1: Hi, my name is John O'Driscoll and you are very welcome to the Blueprint Podcast. Ask yourself one question. Have you a blueprint for success? Are you doing all you can do to get where you want to be? Join me and my guests each week as we discuss their blueprint for success. This week's guest in the Blueprint Podcast is Peter O'Keefe. Peter is one of the most decorated amateur golfers in the game, Irish amateur open and close champion in 2021. He is the owner of O'Keefe Golf Performance, Golf Strong, and also director in F45 Fitness at the Elysian. Peter ticks a lot of boxes in terms of an entrepreneur, a sports person, and a person who, was to adapting to changes in the environment in terms of going online during COVID and launching a business aimed predominantly at a, an online market. Peter O'Keefe, you're very welcome to the Blueprint Podcast. Thanks for coming up. Thanks, John. Thanks million. How are things? I'm good, boy. I'm good. Busy at the moment following you on social media. The F45 is taken off you the app is coming down the road fast golf strong app obviously a, a fairly hectic amateur calendar for you at the moment a former pro golfer came back to the amateur ranks have had a lot of success since what would you say has been your your blueprint for success on well, my golf at the
0: moment which is frustrating the hell out of me but you know something inside of me just keeps getting me back to training and practicing and assessments and, you know, just assessing and, and being aware of where I am and, and just not panicking and, and trying to make the right decisions and, and just stay with it. So I suppose my blueprint seems to be a stubborn resilience, if that's a, a phrase that can I can apply. I don't really get bothered about you know i got left out of the irish team there recently got a phone call like grand said my piece and and carry on like you know I, I've, I've taken enough kicks in sport and business to kind of accept it and nothing really surprises me anymore that's my own personal experience so i don't really panic as a result and i suppose just assessing where i'm at all the time and trying to make a plan to progress out of it essentially so i love you know being stuck in things i love challenges and and the opposite then is what i hate so much so you know the mundaneness of nothing happening or not chasing anything i I can't really operate like that so i'm kind of wired to be into things all the time you know to my detriment at times because you know you need to know when to put the handbrake up as well um so i suppose that's kind of it the golf side of it yeah i played you know played professionally for six years you know, being very clinical about it, it didn't work out. I wasn't progressing to where I wanted. No, part of it I didn't really enjoy. Like relying all the time on financial supports from people and, and companies, I'd almost prefer sponsoring someone now than, than getting sponsored. That side of it kind of, I, I reevaluated. I wanted to get involved in a certain business and I had an eye for golf fitness. I thought there was a part of the industry that wasn't really. You know, I knew it was coming into the sport and it's is still fairly young, let's say, in in, in where golf is going because golf is now a, quite an athletic sport. It's all about, you know, every PGA Tour event you'll see is a ball speed logo in the top right corner and, you know, guys now have access to how to measure themselves and their kind of comparisons, etc. And how do I make the bridge the gap? And I suppose the the content I'm trying to push out there all the time is that what I do, you know, yes, I work with a lot of elite players, but I suppose what I'm after is to try and get golf fitness in front of the masses a, a lot more. You know, and, and in a way that people and you know they can kind of apply what I'm what I'm
1: trying to get out there at their own pace and their own abilities. And I, I think it's kind of working. There's an old saying that uh, you know opportunities look and preparation coming together at the same time. Would you say that you were spotting a gap in the market in the golf fitness area was? an ideal time or was it something that was bubbling away for a long time in the background?
0: Um it was kind of bubbling away. I suppose it started out with my decision to get myself fitter um for golf. And and you know I I went down different roads and trying to get bigger and I sent, you know I to apply or to in the in the chase for more speed and that didn't necessarily work for me. It was more when I got myself more mobile and you know just trained smarter and got improved my technique more from a a golfing standpoint. Well, then I got the results or the outputs that I was looking for. And then I kind of found that interesting. And, you know, every, even this morning now, like all my clients were different ages, abilities, athleticism. They're all, everyone is different. So I'm always trying to figure out ways that it keeps you know, their goals, let's say, as interesting as I can make it for them um, and for them not to get injured or get tight or sore, there's an expectancy there that I need to kind of fulfill for people. So I I did, I I was always interested. I did, you know, I did exercise science as a a sports scholarship. I went in Southeastern Louisiana on a golf scholarship. I really didn't have any plans to apply that into a profession at that time, but you know, I, I started doing classes up in the golf club here in in, a, in an old snooker room for ladies years ago, and that turned into two classes a week, turned into four classes a week, which then turned into me going to a bigger hall, which turned into four different clubs in Cork, wanting to do classes, and that, that for me then turned into an, actually another business. So, you know, I was four nights a week with a big bag of yoga mats and bands going around to different golf clubs. And I suppose I the, the thing I spotted there, which has certainly pointed me in the direction of trying to get gyms into golf clubs, is golfers love doing things in their own golf club. It doesn't matter what it is. It's just that sense of ownership that people seem to have about their club, which is great. But if you can get a gym class in there or something around wellness and fitness, I think it's an absolute no-brainer for the clubs and the members. And I had seen it other places. I played the South American amateur as part of an Irish team about five years ago in a place called Club Las Leones in Santiago in Chile. And I was jet lagged one morning and got up very early and went down to the club just to go walk the golf course at whatever, four or five o'clock. And I just I saw, you know, this gym up the top of the club. And, you know, an hour later, there was a yoga class happening on the fairway. And obviously Chile now, different different environments, um, weather, et cetera. But it was, you know, it was magic. Like the people were going to do this at their golf club. So, you know, that's another part of the business I'm really trying to grow is to get different fitness facilities or you know my fitness facilities into different golf clubs you know it's certainly a part of golf clubs that they probably should look at you know expanding into because it does it does enable the golf club membership first of all like my experience here in Douglas people are using the gym that would never go to a gym in their lives like you know they won't go to a let's call it a high street facility or a high street gym but the fact it's in the club and they know me and they know the programs they'll be given are, are sound for them. You know, they're they're comfortable doing that and they're, they're using it quite frequently, which is great. So I suppose in, in a nutshell, I'm trying to put fitness and golf fitness that's not too daunting in front of people that they can kind of apply to their wellness and obviously improve how they move and how they play golf, you know.
1: There's a, you know, you often hear the saying you never work a day in your life if you love your job you obviously love golf and you've been able to create a career in the golf industry. Is there ever kind of a law of diminishing returns some days where it's just, ah, uh, I don't know, this is a bit of a grind.
0: A very small, yes, but a, but a much bigger, no, I need to work for myself. Um, that's just who I am. So, you know, i my first person this morning at 6am. That means I'm up at five, getting the gym ready, getting the programs ready. I, I don't mind that at all. Like, I mean, you know sometimes I'd have a long day like if I'm doing an online class at half seven and I've that time start you know it's a long day and it is and it's you're doing the class but again you start exercising, you kind of you you know the adrenaline starts going you're you're fine again like some days I look at my diary and I'm trying to balance to play elite golf as well where am I getting time to practice here and some days it's just not there and that's fine that's that's what that's that's what I've decided to do and you know with other things then we opened a business in town in f45 like that's taking time and that's fine because i love that side of it so i suppose the overall answer it, it is hard work at times you're on your feet a lot and you know again you've you've different people coming in with with a different agenda like 45 minutes after the next person and that's what i set out to do you know what i mean and and you know the the app trying to get that ready has been frustrating to use a phrase but Something is just telling me, see it out, just see it out. Like most people probably would have packed it in at this stage, like the, the journey I've been on and, you know, trying to, I'm doing another gym in a club in Dublin. That's been a tedious process, not, not anything to do with the golf club, but just planning and reports and chasing people. And it's just not, it's, this day and age now everyone, again, the economy the way it is, everyone is well able to charge and they're, you know, they're busy. So I just keep telling myself that I need, you know, these things need to get done so they, they will be done. And that's just, you know, I suppose it comes back to a stubbornness or a resilience again. Those two things seem to just keep
1: me going, like, you know. Golf Strong was an excellent name for you to put in your business. I remember asking you before why you didn't call it O'Keefe Golf Performance and you were like, because you want... Different people working under the Golf Strong banner. How scalable is the business? Do you think? What's the goal? Is it like a Golf Strong in every county, every province, abroad? Is the app going to open up a lot of markets? for like you know how big can you see this going?
0: I'm a big believer in looking at brands and companies that have that have done it. You know what I mean? Um, and I, and I do watch, you know, certain. And it's not all about fitness either, but the but there are certain. You know fitness people who seem to and and this is outside of golf fitness who have grown a brand that is accessible to a lot of markets and it's not too focused on you know one part of the market. So you know, like yes, I, I have certain players, professionals, elite amateurs coming to me, but I have no aspirations to stand on the range at Augusta with one or two players, none whatsoever. You know, I'd rather be a spectator or to enjoy that tournament for what it is. I really get a kick out of providing a product or a service or a suite of exercises that people say, do you know what now, that works for me because that will tackle a certain movement I do in my swing that causes me issues. And I can kind of explain why that happens from a, I suppose, from a golf standpoint, because I understand it, and a physical standpoint, because I understand that as well. So I think that's why the online classes worked so well for two reasons. Obviously, we were in a lockdown. I saw the opportunity there. I went after that really hard um, and really brought, I suppose, the golf strong classes to a different level. So I came from doing them in golf clubs. The, The first lockdown hit, let's try this on Zoom. I had no clue how Zoom worked really. I had no clue about sound editing, an absolute greenhorn on all of this. And I just threw my laptop up on a tripod out the back of my house and it worked. And I said, right, well, that's the start. So Went away and got some astroturf and painted up a part of uh, the back of my house to make it look like something decent. Um, Bought a gazebo, you know, started learning then about how to make this a little bit more sexy, obviously, for people who, you know, want to look down a lens into, you know, not into someone's shed. Like, so, you know, started marketing it and doing videos. And then all of a sudden I was seeing the classes were growing videos kept doing content obviously word of mouth was starting and I I had out of nowhere created an online business that the first thing I I noticed from a delivery standpoint was right I'm delivering now to 10x what I was doing before at the same the same time the same output for me which is you know the dream obviously for a lot of people but I put in an awful lot of work on the classes I wanted them all to be different every session and I created a kind of a program out of it that kept people connected to golf when we couldn't play golf i was starting to create a bit of a community there as well you know i'd open up the classes 10 or 15 minutes beforehand and there was good chats happening and people were just chatting about various things and i think it, that side of it has has retained there's a lot of people who you know have accepted that that's probably the way they're going to get their exercise done they're happy enough to train away at home and a lot of people email me during various times in in lockdowns that this is great for my mental health this is giving me a routine etc cetera, etc cetera. and Giving me a routine as well because I was actually still, you know, still working away and enjoying creating something. So I suppose back to your question, I'm trying to, over the last year and a half, put all that into an app offering. So it makes it a lot easier for people, I suppose, to access so a lot. I get a lot of questions about, oh, remember the class we did back in July? Could I, and I you know, I left to dig it out of Zoom and edit it and send it on. And I've no problem doing that. But in an app format, all the classes I've ever done will be on the app. I've edited them down to 10, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, 45 minutes and um, different warm-up videos. And I can keep kind of feeding that with more content that people can basically have in their pocket, look, I need to do something today. Bang, it's there. You can favorite them, move them around. It's all more durable. But you know, I was creating the content all along to try and, you know, put it into something that people can can subscribe to an awful lot easier than you know getting Zoom links, et cetera. So I suppose well, that's where I see that going. The other side of it, then the gym facilities for golf clubs. Again, if I had five, 10, 15, 20 clubs having a facility of golf strong, they can then all be networked together with the content from the app. So people, whether they're going to the club, they can you know hook the phone up to the TV that'll be in the gym and do a class. And you know, again, it gives it the feeling that they're doing a fitness workout at their golf club. And there's a lot to be said for you know, this this facility here has a code on the door and people come in and use it, you know, during the day, whether I'm here with clients or not. And they're getting their program done. They go in then for a coffee, go for nine holes. And that's what a golf club should be like, you know. So um, my challenge, I suppose, is finding the right clubs, the right amount of members, because it te- I, I need to, I suppose, penetrate X amount of each membership for the thing to work. And and that's my, my job. So I'm starting conversations now with different golf clubs who are interested, and I'm just trying to find out Right? Do I land a building in your golf club, or do I go in and utilize an, an underutilized space, let's say, and turn it into a fitness facility? And how does that look then for the club? And you know, you're dealing with committees and and so on. So it's it's learning um, as I go along. It's not easy. Certainly not easy. Golf clubs, by their nature, you know, can be can be tricky, and and it, you just have to navigate through those. And and once once I get two or three or four and done, I think people will be looking in and seeing, oh yeah, that's how that looks and how that works you know let's let's explore that so um
1: that's kind of where i see it going f45 then the elysian you um you opened that along with a couple of other business partners obviously a good synergy with with golf strong and the golf fitness an australian franchises yeah
0: yeah um so we were looking at this for a while so f45 is one of the fastest growing fitness franchises in the world and you know, the, IP, the IPO there recently enough, and I know their, their goal is to, you know, get as many of them as, as all our goal is. But I think uh, what I really like about it is, and it kind of goes hand in hand in why we selected the Elysian as the only place we wanted it to go is it's real quick, efficient way for training. You know, there's free parking at the Elysian. People can go in for their 45 minute session. It's, re- it's done really well by two trainers and, you know, it's all digitally supplied as well in terms of the content for the class and people know what they're coming into. Like Monday will be a cardio day. You'll have your strength day on a Tuesday. And it changes up every week. So it's it's not repetitive. The classes are really good. Like like Golf Strong, it's suitable for everyone. You know what I mean? Like I could be training next to my mother in the same pod. We could just be looking at what's on the screens, being guided along by the trainers. You know, my mother could be a beginner. I could be you know, advanced and we can train away at our own pace. Like, and it, it works very cleanly and very nicely like that. So we, we chose to fit it out quite nicely in there to go again with, with the team of the elite and all it stands for. I mean, it's a real high spec building and we put in a high spec fit out. Um, And again, we have people coming in there who have never touched a weight or have never got their heart rate up. And we have people in there who've done Ironmans and, and they're literally in the same class training away at the same time, but with different agendas and different goals. I suppose a bit of learning for me looking at F forty-five as how, how they've made you know a good success of how a franchise or how an expansion will look. Um so I'm obviously interested in, in in how that works and how that's delivered. But as an actual product and as a fitness offering, I think it's really good, it's really efficient. I, th- I suppose the, the best way to describe it is personal training in a group setting. So, you know, a lot of people go there in a group of friends, some people go there on a, on their own. But again, we just put into a station. With a partner, without a partner, the class moves around. You just follow what you've been told and you get your workout done. So it's, um, oh, it's interesting. It's very good.
1: Excellent. Um, there's obviously a, a very big entrepreneurial streak in you. Um, You were effectively self-employed as a professional golfer and you're now self-employed, um, again, with your different business interests. Uh, Peter Laurie was a guest on the podcast on episode five. He spoke about readjusting from the pro game back to the amateur game, and he said he just kind of had to work for himself because he was so used to his own thing as a professional golfer. I take it from our conversations that's very much a fire that burns within you as well. I work with
0: a lot of kids now as well. Um, you know, all I try and do, I just try and steer them. You know what I mean? That's all I want to do. And and a lot of times, the question I would ask them, like, do you know? Do you like being on your own? Like in other words as a golfer are you prepared to you know i'm going to carry it out tomorrow today and i'm i checked the tides in the morning i will be on the beach early i have a few video ideas for social and i i'm going to practice on my own and that's that's my happy place like that's sorry that's one of my happy places right but i've no problem doing that and i'm very used to doing it and the question i asked the lads like you know and some of them can't some of them can't just go on their own and enjoy. First of all, enjoy their own company, but get something productive done at the same time. So I am that person. Um, you know, growing up, I played team sports, left, right and centre, and probably could have pursued, certainly rugby, but I, I hated the dressing room environment Like, I just hated it. I always make reference, you know, when I'm talking about this, it's like the guy under a, a bar, pushing up a barbell in a bench press. Some other guy being up, 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 like, of course it's going up like I don't need to I don't need that you know some people do by the way and that's fine so like some people are happy being in the dress room and have you know the the peacock in the middle telling them right lads this is what we're doing and that's great but that's not me so and again you know I've had great jobs coming up as a younger person working for other people and I I had no issue with that but I suppose in the back of my mind I always knew that if I need to get to where I need to get to I need to be on my own time here like and I need to make my own decisions and you know get myself around people who've gone down that that road and and this is no disrespect it's just the way I am wired you know I, I I'd i struggle now on someone else's time and someone else's vision and blah 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 so yeah and and by the way like it, sometimes it brings its own worries and concerns of how am I going to get to this next stage and it's on me like and you know that's it and people turn to to you for guidance on certain things and that's that's fine um i've no issue with that but it it certainly lends itself knowing your personality and knowing kind of how how you operate golf has taught me an awful lot about myself and i've had absolute disasters in the golf like horror stories like being so close to something that would give you so much elation and one shot later you're left in the the biggest shock of your life you know what i mean or like I missed the open one year by a shot, and I double bogeyed the last hole, and I'm coming up the 18th, standing on the 18th tee, going, "I'm going to play in the open here." Like, and half an hour later, crying my eyes out on the side of the green, going, "I'm actually not." Like, you know, you're just stumped. And even to this day, that was 2009. To this day, I still look back at that, going, "How the hell did that happen?" Like, being very honest, nothing has ever replaced that in all what I've achieved as an amateur coming back. Nothing still has filled that gap. So then getting a phone call, you're not in the Irish team, whatever. You know, it's disappointing for about 10 minutes, but it is all relative. Like another story, one year <laughs> I had a four foot putt to get into the final stage of European Tour qualifying, which is a big deal because it's the difference between having a status on the on the European Challenge Tour and not. And as a player at the time, I needed that big time. And my buddy who caddied for me, you know, we read the putt and... I missed the pot, and then the, the day after, then I got beaten in the playoff, not to get through. Come back in the flight, then he said, "Did you push the pot?" And I said, "No, I hit it right on the edge, like." And he was like, "He said I meant left edge, and I I was on the right edge." And we'd never, we'd never communicated something so simple because we were both so fried, being in the heat of the battle, like, and things like that scare you, like you know what I mean, and and they stay with you, but you just accept it. You go right. That's part of this this journey, like, and you carry on and. You know, if it's you know business failures and business ideas that went flop, like but it's again, it's it, it seems it seems to be part of it. It's whether you can weather it and carry on and hopefully kind of get one to click. Um, I think that's the biggest test, really,
1: isn't it? Neil O'Brien is our guest on, on the second episode of the podcast and he says that uh, you you get what you expect, not what you want. And he spoke about his experience with different sports teams, you know, that they say that they want to win the championship. But then when you ask them what they expect, they go, oh, you know, a good run or semi-final experience or whatever. Was there any part of you really wanted to play in the Open, but maybe didn't expect that you were that close?
0: Totally. Like 2009, you know, it would have been like a fairy tale. You know what I mean? At the time, I remember I played my I played my ass off in that qualifier for thirty five holes. You know, I would have loved to have caddied for myself as I am now. Back then, like just to put the brakes on, you know, just stop, relax, like take as much time as you want. I just kind of rushed everything, pot bunker, left it in there. Out, you know what I mean? It was all a blur. Like, and then literally twenty minutes later, you're gone. There's my dream, or one of my dreams, just gone. The open qualifying, like there's a scoreboard, your name will be there. I remember some guy hit a three wood onto the green and hold a big putt, and it was a big fist pump. And I was like, oh, I knew it, like an entry. You see your name coming off the board, and that that type of stuff is um, is is hard. But you know, experience. Like in fairness, my mother always says you can't buy experience. And like I won the Irish Amateur last year, and I kind of expected to win it. I actually said it when I won the Irish Close. Your man, the golf Ireland guy, was like, "Look, what would you like to?" And I said I'd like to win the Irish Amateur, and it wasn't, a, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a guess. I, I I expected that I, you know, I, I what I thought I was playing well enough. If I play as well as I play, I will be in the mix, and if I'm in the mix, I have a good chance of winning. I expected something good was going to happen. I actually said it to my wife. I said I'm pretty sure I'm going to win this tournament as well, and it happened. And, you know, even when it was happening, I wasn't under massive pressure. I was very calm and I had a big putt to keep myself alive and probably the odds were massively against me. Knocked it in and won in a playoff. So that expectancy I kind of have as well for Goldstrung. So... You know, it's, it's a calmness that even when I'm going through all these emails and dealing with builders and planners and disappointment and, you know, stalling and problems, there's a calmness there that gives me a bit of confidence, I suppose, just to be as resilient as I can. Like, you know, so golf and business have an interesting link. They have a lot of correlations that you can kind of pull out of, you know. I usually ask guests their best and worst financial decisions. Best and worst financial decision. Um well, I suppose I'm on the, the best financial decision that I continue to make is to invest in myself. Um, and what I mean by that is I have a conversation with a marketing, digital marketing guy during the week, and I said to him, um, I have no problem going all in here on myself, none whatsoever. If I know or I can get a little bit of data back that gives me some confidence into where I'm putting the, the capital is, is the right place, a lot of people would be slow to do that, um, I'm not, and, I, and I think it certainly had worked for me getting the classes to where I needed them to go during lockdown, and I, I kept putting money behind this, and I just kept backing myself, basically, and back backing what I was doing, so the worst, oh, I've had a few shockers, John, like I've, I've invested in pubs back in the day, and I've leased bars, <laughs> lost my... Ask my ass and things, but again, like you, you—that's that's my all-in nature. Like I, I, I didn't care at the time. I didn't really care after either. And like you know, you get certain kicks like that. And I'm trying to think now. There's probably more, but that's one that springs to mind anyway. A Mad decision, like, and you know, just kind of jumped in, like, because I, I, I was working in a pub at the time, and I, I kind of fancied myself as a bit of a publican entrepreneur, which I look, I, I still. I'd still, um, I'd still have interest in that side of things, but I was way too young. I'd no experience. Jumped in, did a good job, to be fair, but probably went, you know, could have made a better decision on a certain few things, let's say. But you look again, you 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 get into businesses and different partnerships along the way, and some of them don't work out. But coming out of it, you you get massive learning for the next one, like in the next the next situation. So you know, thankfully, I feel I'm in a a much better place there now. And what we have is you know, has the ability to expand and to grow and, you know, just to challenge you as well. So that's, that's what keeps us going. Like it keeps me going. So
1: in 10 words or less, can you give me your blueprint for a successful life, family, career, job, money? Well, well, my blueprint certainly is the calm has to be the end of it.
0: So you know resilience, the stubborn resilience that results in calmness, would be my cocktail, and that, that applies to my golf, to my business. um I have a I have a great family, I have a great wife. She's very understanding. She, I drive her literally around the twist with ideas and sport and golf, and we have two young kids, and it's it's a tough time of our lives as well. But she knows me like she knows I need to keep going, and I get you know ideas, and I said something to her now mad yesterday again, like in. You know, but again, that's 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 me like and I think my my kind of stubbornness to be resilient enough to keep going so I can get that calm or that that kind of zone feeling. That's where perform and then performance
1: goes through the roof. So resilience, resilience, stubbornness, calm performance. Peter, I know you're a very busy man and, you know, I, I do appreciate you taking time out of your day to chat to me. I wish you nothing but the best with the golf app coming to fruition and also the, um, the gyms and the golf clubs and also the F45. And uh, I know you've got a fairly hectic schedule left um, with the north of Ireland, the south of Ireland, a few scratch cups coming up. So look, hopefully we will get back in the winner's enclosure. You did a very successful year last year. So look, hopefully we'll see a lifting bit of silverware again this year. Lovely. Great, John. Thanks a million. See you soon. All right, Peter. Thanks a million. Take care. Thank you all for listening. I really hope you enjoyed the episode. For more information about me, John Druskell, and my day job as a financial advisor, please visit blueprintfp.ie. For more information on the podcast or to listen to other episodes, please visit the-blueprint.ie. Catch you all in the next episode. Take care.